morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Blacksmith's Furnace. With me, Pete. My Lat Moat here. Simmy. And Robert is not here. He did give us a wealth of warning, so he's being a pagan. Yeah, he is still pagans being a pagan. Pagans gonna paganate. <laughs> anyway. Um Do you know what? Like random tangent. I just remembered why we started saying good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Oh, because he didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> what time? Of, yeah, it's like ah. But yeah, it's funny because I, I actually put out the episode because we we done that episode before we started like number one. Yeah. yeah. So I actually put it out and like yeah, this is why and that whole conversation <laughs> was there. It's just fun, and that was when even Robert didn't know that he was going to be the one like yeah. starting us off yeah. and stuff. But anyway, yeah, he settled into it well. He's grown. He's grown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, sorry, sorry, not sorry. sorry. Yeah. 1v1 again? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. Let's do it. Do you want to go first or shall I? You can go first. All right. So. Right. You said that. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, yeah, I find nowadays that because I'll be thinking about random stuff as yeah. usual. But what I've started doing is if I think of something, I think through it. I'm like, huh, that'd be interesting. I'll be interested to hear you guys' okay. view. And I'll note it down. So I've got a nice list of stuff. Come on. Um, but anyway, so we found, and especially actually this, this works best now because we've we've done this practically, that it tends to be both extremes of a concept end up being wrong and the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Mm. So once Save Forever Saved or Calvinism and... Um, which once say forever save doesn't encompass Calvinism. Yeah. But that concept and uh, Arminian uh, theology or whatever, yeah. we find it's, it's, it's never really just one or the it's other. It's not as clear, clear cut. It's not as clear cut yeah. as that. And we always find it's somewhere in the middle of that yeah. river. There's always like nuance. Thoughts, that. There's nuance. Yeah. Given we see that in theology, given we see that in seeking truth, mm-hmm. in seeking God's truth, could that then be applied to some of the concepts that we're, or some of the, yeah, some of the areas that we're seeing that be applied? So, gender. <laughs> I wish I could edit out the laughing, but no, let me see. So, no, the, the, the reason why I'm laughing is because of the way you said it. Like, so it's like, gender. So conversations like that, you know, hmm. if we can realize that maybe there's nuance, is there nuance in male and female constructs? Hmm. Is there somewhere down the middle that there is nuance again? Or, or yeah, yeah. I think, I think my clear cut answer would be no. All right, um, but I would need to unpack it. Please. So it's like. There's no nuance between the sun and the moon. They're two separate bodies. They're still. It's, it's like they're two separate yeah. entities uh, that perform yeah. that have like the moon only reflects the sun's light, mm-hmm. and so in that state, they're they're like two totally separate entities yeah. that interact with one another. Mm. Now I'm not saying like whichever gender is the sun, the other gender is the moon. That's not that's not necessarily what I'm saying. No. But what I am saying is that there there is nuance in a sense of masculinity and femininity. Ah. how that has been played out yeah. and some of the roles yeah. that have been placed on being masculine, quote-unquote, and being, Good. quote-unquote, feminine. Good. And so if a male, mm. gender male, is seen to be exhibiting too many female, quote-unquote, female characteristics. Feminine characteristics. Fem- feminine yeah. characteristics, yeah, not female, feminine characteristics. Mm. That's seen as a problem. Mm. And so we're now stuck in this tension between what is seen to be masculinity and what is seen to be femininity. Okay. And so um, there are some things which are female. So mm. childbearing is female. Mm. Some things which are masculine, like male, which like producing sperm is male. Mm. Um, well, due to science, that might be gender <laughs> But um, It's like uh, one of our episodes that last yeah. things like two, two episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. So there are certain things that are fixed mm. based on your gender. Mm. Um but there are nuances in terms of tendencies and mannerisms and characteristics which are masculine and feminine. Mm. And now, um, due to superstition, due to perceptions, due to cultures, due to whatever, 
certain things have been deemed masculine, certain things have been deemed feminine, and there are certain expectations on the male mm. and female based on those perceptions of what is masculine and what is feminine. Right, yeah. And I think there has been too much weight placed on the man's role and the female's role. And so there, I see in the culture a pushing back against it. I might as well just, you know, let's go down some of these tangents. Man's role, female's role, as defined culturally. by who? Okay. So culturally. Cool. So it's like the guy brings home the bacon. Okay. Mm. Um, sometimes a woman earns more than a guy. Mm. But because of that cultural construct, the uh. man now feels less than mm. because of a quote-unquote masculine trait mm. that has been pushed onto the male, not recognising that, yo, cool, my wife's making more than me. At least we're still getting to eat. Mm. Like, mm. so, um, and it doesn't trivialize your value as a male mm. because your wife is earning more. It doesn't. Just because we're going down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Is that, is, is that cultural or is that biblical in the sense of, um, God's curses to man and woman. So man was supposed to provide yeah. the, you know, by, by virtue of, uh, tilling the ground mm -hmm. and sweating and woman was supposed to bear the kids. Yeah. So is that construct uh, or those roles, are those um, cultural or are they biblical? I think they're predominantly <laughs> cultural. I would say they're cultural. <laughs> the reason I'm laughing so much is because it was a stupid question <coughs> to begin with that I thought this is an easy, simple answer. Yeah. And I just thought it was it was funny to play devil's advocate. Right. But we're actually going down the rabbit hole for, sorry, for whatever reason. But yeah. yeah. I think I think it's cultural mm. because even though the man tills the land, mm. we still see within the biblical narrative women gleaning. Okay. And so we have women actually working the land as well, alongside the male. Mm. And we have now not necessarily saying that we have this in the biblical narrative. I don't know. I'm trying to scan through, but no, we do. Men actually rearing children as well. Not you can't birth them. Yeah, but yeah. being active in their mm, upbringing. Mm. The men actually being active in their upbringing. Yeah. So the role of birthing, incubating and birthing a child mm. um, is exclusive for the mother. Mm. But the role of raising the child is both. Mm. And so there are some roles, and I think even in terms of the male um, being given the charge of tilling the land, I think that that shows the responsibility of provision being on his shoulders and mm. like him having a, a responsibility to provide for the household a responsibility to take care of those under his care mm. and so even the new testament tells us that a man needs to look to provide for his household mm. and um, um, a man who doesn't work shouldn't eat and no um to take yeah to um, the deacon who's able to take manage his household well and stuff yeah. like that and so there's a responsibility placed mm. on the male but mm. it doesn't negate the woman's role within that responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I think there's there's emphasis on the change from just tilling the ground and providing to managing, yeah. and so you know taking responsibility for yeah. what, however the money's coming in, mm -hmm. making sure that we are using it appropriately. Yeah, yeah. 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 But going going back, so yeah. coming um, back out of that rabbit hole, you did mention there's sometimes a problem when the male is seen to have feminine qualities. Yeah. Elaborate on that a so, bit. So, um, back in Ghana. How much is enough? How much is too back much? Back in Ghana, mm. if a guy walks with too much of a swing in his hips, there used to be an issue. Used to be? Used to be. Now, huh. now I haven't been there for such a long time. Okay, okay, know, yeah. Just in Ghana, fair I don't enough. know what, yeah, yeah. what their tendencies were, but mm. that was more cultural. Mm. Um, I know families in which that was embraced. So the guys that you're seeing as, oh, that's, that's just him. Mm. Um, and it wasn't necessarily, they just, they just took it with a pinch of salt. Mm. Um, but, man, this is a bit too much of a swing in his hip, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's like, there, there are certain things where um, men aren't, like culturally, men aren't supposed to cry. Um, men from young are just like, um, wrestling blah 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 like fighting games and stuff like that and women are just in the kitchen making play-doh doing this like playing with uh, Barbie and Ken mm -hmm. and it's more like homemaking from young and so there's there's almost this cultural sense of femininity and there's been 
people that I've spoken to who are like guys who have been like, yeah, ever since I was young, I would rather play with Barbies than with wrestling dolls. So I just knew that I was gay. Okay. And so I'm like, because you've attributed the cultural femininity mm. to being a female and the femininity aspect being playing with Barbies and Ken, you're just like, yeah, that's just the way I'm wired. Right. And so it's almost like seeped into even childhood. Now, mm. I know that this is just one example amongst a plethora of other um, experiences and stuff, but just using this as to just say that sometimes we associate, we've attributed certain things to femininity and masculinity that mm. if, you, if, you're a ma if you're a male, but you do something that is classified as feminine, mm. then it's almost like a question mark over your sexuality. Mm. Um, and men would and that's where like almost toxic masculinity comes in where it's like no I'm not going to cry I'm going to be a man or like man up stop crying toxic mm. masculinity drummed in from young um, seen as though feminine tendencies convey weakness not recognising that there's strength within that okay. um, so yeah I, um, so going back to the question <coughs> Um, uh, what was the question? Whether or not, you know, the whole gender construct, if there is nuance and somewhere in the yeah. middle that this comes true. So I think the nuance is within the masculine and feminine roles mm. and identities that that isn't a construct. Mm. That's, that, that's, that's a recognition. I think some of it anyways has been handed down mm. and some of it is just physiological, mm -hmm. just due to the way that we're built. Yeah. Men who do certain things slightly differently, females who do certain things slightly differently. Mm. Um, but I do think that a lot of ad extra things has been added onto it, mm. which aren't helpful. Mm. Um, and that is cultural. Mm. Even within the Bible, there are, there are a few things which are cultural. Mm. And we see within this narrative from the Old Testament into the New, Jesus almost, in Jesus, we see like a, almost a walking away of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say there are, there are nuances, but the nuances aren't from the actual gender itself, but no. from masculine and femininity, masculine and feminine tendencies that we have both inherited and conscrewed as a society that we now impose onto the male and females. Fair dues. Um yeah. Mm. yeah I, I like that. I like I like um I like that distinction. Um because where now <coughs> the argument has become masculine and feminine itself mm. is is the is is the no not even masculine and feminine, male and female mm. is is the debate. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether those are constructs but i think you're completely right in identifying it's what we define as masculine what we define as feminine mm. um that that's there there is nuance in um i would be i'd be curious to know like someone do this study where they put babies like untainted by society mm. and have a bunch of toys and see which sex or, or see if there's any correlation between the sex of the child and the toys that they tend to, yeah. that they, they just navigate yeah. towards. Um, I, I'd, I'd be interested in seeing something like that. I think that may be tricky because thinking about like the practicalities is because the times that the children, the child would be able to actively pick a toy mm. would be when they've had some... They've they've grown like a, mm. a new newly born baby won't be able to do mm, that, mm. and by the time that they would be at the stage to be able to pick the baby the toy themselves, they may have they been would have influenced. been exposed to certain types of toys, mm. and so they might pick a toy based on familiarity mm, mm. rather than this is what I genuinely want. Yeah, and yeah. so there won't be any real way to distinguish whether it's familiarity or whether it's curiosity as to I've played with this one. But I want to see what this one is like. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure they can do some sort of study where the first time, like, like the get, well, well, or even get get a bunch of parents to agree that you know when they're when they're buying toys for their kids, they buy from all sections yeah. of the of the shop yeah. and allow the children to navigate towards what yeah. they want and record that. Yeah. Because because I I am curious to to see because I've always thought of it as baby girls or you know girls playing with dolls i thought they're naturally if 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 they want to or they're predisposed to be given birth mm. to be conceiving and taking care of 
a baby naturally. And so I've always thought that was sort of the purpose or, or, or the reason for them having the dolls and, and the, you know, Chobi. Yeah. <laughs> I said doll in, I think it's Ga. Yeah. Um, and taking care of the baby and the Ken and, the, you know, the house making stuff mm. because they'd be naturally predisposed to doing so. And the guys would be naturally predisposed to, I was naturally predisposed to breaking stuff and, you know, swords and stuff. And yeah. I've just that I've I've stuck with it, you know. So I I I would be interested to know, you know, if if there is any correlation there. But yeah, that's uh, that's just yeah. bye um, bye. And also, just to shout out my Don um, C.S. Lewis mm. because it's from one of his books that the distinction between male and female, masculine and femininity, like was cemented into my mind. Mm. Um, and it was a storybook. It wasn't even like like a theological, it was just a storybook. Um, and I read it and I was like, huh. And I what had book? to kind of think about it. Um, it's it's one of the books in a cosmic trilogy. So there's like a three-part book talking about um, someone going into space and then something happening. I'm not going to give spoilers. Okay. But I've forgotten the title. Um, but it's, if you type in C.S. Lewis, the cosmic trilogy, Okay. You you will find it, and yeah, it, mm. it was in the last book mm. that that concept he he spoke on it. So yeah, ever since then I've almost been like, all right, that that's a very interesting distinction. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. So my cool. question for you, sorry, yeah. sorry, mm. will be from a Christian's perspective. Okay. Um, it's two part. There you go. First part is I'm sick and tired of my church. All right. <laughs> I'm sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of this place. I come in, all they're talking about is tithe, trying to quote from Malachi, just talking about storehouse, blah, mm. blah, blah. Mm. The pastor tried telling me to bring all of my first pay slip in, like how am I meant to get to work? They're always preaching from this, this dead guy's book that no one cares about. We're trying to preach from the Bible. Mm. How, as, as a, um, as a active Christian, mm how do we know when we need to leave a church mm. or if we're called to be an instrument of change? Mm -hmm. And a second question is, if we are to leave, how do we go about finding another church? Like what practical markers would you kind of give? Got you. You're at a point where you recognize that you don't want to be in this church anymore. For whatever reason. For Not whatever the reasons. reasons that I threw out. I was just being, yeah, I was yeah, just no, playing devil's Yeah, yeah, no, no, f fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> my, my question is, you know, the harsher part of my my answer is, you know, are you spiritually mature enough to make that decision? Mm. It could be, you know, just as you said, for whatever reasons. The reasons you gave, I think, are pretty valid. But, you know, there are a plethora of reasons why yeah. people leave the church. And the question... Auntie doesn't look at me like... Exactly, you know. You need to ask yourself, is this really a reason to leave or do you just have a grievance with someone? Mm. And if you have a grievance with someone, I think the more sensible thing to do is to sort it out. Yeah. You don't leave your family because you have a fight with your brother. Mm. You, you know, you, you duke it out. No, <laughs> <laughs> you duke it out. But after the fact, you guys need to sort it out. Yeah. You need to figure out what's wrong and, and, and address it. So... If we if we really see our churches as a gathering of families, um, then that needs to be answered. Is mm. this a personal grievance, or am I, you know, uh, uh, am I mature enough to know when I need to leave? Mm. So that partly answers the second part. Is if you're if you're spiritually mature enough, you based on knowing what God's voice sounds like to you, mm. knowing what his leading looks like to you, you know that God is saying, nah, this is not the place for you. Mm. And that could manifest in all the, the, the ways that you said where yeah. you are just struggling to, you know, get on board with the message because the message isn't necessarily mm. biblical or isn't, it not, isn't necessarily, you know, in spirit and in truth. And, and so you like, not necessarily <laughs> biblical. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think... The the main marker would be spiritual maturity, your mm. spiritual maturity, um, in discerning whether or not God wants you to leave. And if you are mature enough to know, then you will know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say make sure you are spiritual. Because I think sometimes it's not so much I'm not getting what I want from this place. It's mm. also, 
God saying, well, you need to be giving something mm-hmm. to this place. Maybe you are that instrument of change. So then that comes to, no, I think that was part of the first question is yeah. whether or not you know the difference. Yeah. And I, yeah, my answer is spiritual maturity yeah. will, teach, will help you know. Yeah. yeah. The second part, if you are to leave uh, in looking for a church, uh, I found there are nowadays, anyway, we have the advantage of, um, of the internet. Mm-hmm. You can literally do a search on churches in your area. And you will get, you know, everything named a church. In this country, churches are registered charities. Mm. So they will come up on Google Maps. It's mm. as simple as that. Um, you will see the churches around. I would say, I think the best thing to do is see what's around you locally, mm-hmm. but then also do some research on them. Mm-hmm. So if it's like a, we don't have this in the UK, but if it's a Muzama Disco Crystal Church. <laughs> Maybe we're going to read about their doctrine first, um, but no, I, I think I think it's 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 safe and it's it's the, the mark of a mature Christian to do their due diligence before joining a church. Mm. Um, read up on it. Read up on what their doctrine is. Read up on their history. Mm. You know, if it was founded by a one guy what's that one guy's vision or what was his mm. vision um, and how's that carried along up until now this information is available any church website will have like a about us page or a history page that you can easily go to and, and figure out what's going on um, secondly I think uh, what was I going to say so you, you research them secondly give them a visit mm. you know give them a visit and I think sometimes we make the mistake of going once and writing something off mm. No, no, <laughs> no shots, sweet fight. But it could be, you know, you go the day that the pastor's off or you yeah. go the day that it's the other guy that everyone knows not to go. And so yeah. you go in the church is <laughs> half empty anyway yeah. because everyone knows this guy's preaching so we're not coming. <laughs> I've had that. Fam, I've had that before. <laughs> fam, I've been that guy before. <laughs> so, so, you know, maybe give it a couple of tries or I'll go a couple of times and actually experience the church. Actually, why am I? Why am I trying to contribute to what you're doing? Um, actually, experience it and see what goes on there. Mm. And also, if you're spiritually mature enough to have known you're supposed to leave, when you get there, you'll be spiritually mature enough to know yeah, if this place, yeah. has God's presence there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing I'll say is don't don't rule things out based on past experience or prejudice, mm. um, because your experience of X church here does not necessarily mean it will be the same just because it's a different branch somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and also just because maybe you like going to uh, an African church where we've got the whole dancing and, and singing and you come here and you see that there's no one here that's physically capable of doing the same praise moves. God is not church, here. That God isn't there. Mm. So yeah, th- those are the three things I think. Practically, look for it online, uh, research the church mm. and give it a try. I like that. I like that. That's good. I think um, the first, first, first part, just mm. spiritual maturity, is I think it's like so key. Yeah, I think yeah. it's so key, yeah. and we can't um, overlook that or understate that. Where yeah. it's just like, if you, if it's truly God who's leading you out, I believe that He will make His voice clear. Yeah, and to have the maturity to be able to be like, no, this is God. Yeah, because sometimes you will actually be comfortable in that place, but God is saying, exactly. no, it's time to leave." Mm, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, that's very true as well. So yeah, it's, it's not like leaving a church isn't always due to something being wrong, mm. but you could have just gotten to a place of comfortability, and God is like, "I need you to grow, and you're yeah. not going to grow here." Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Which also leads me to the second point I was going to say about know, uh, knowing it. One of the things that I would say is. If you go to a place that's comfortable, I would argue that God doesn't want you there. Um, simply because I feel like for spiritual growth, you need an element of challenge. Mm. You need an element of being confronted with something. What if you're comfortable with that? So, okay, and that's, that's good, <laughs> but you will still recognize it as a challenge. So mm. use, using training or the gym as, as an example, mm. We like training, we like pushing our bodies, but mm. we still recognize that we're pushing we our bodies. Pushing, yeah, 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 all right. And yeah. so even in even in liking being challenged, mm. and maybe the challenge may be that this place is comfortable and God mm. wants you to learn how to rest. Mm. Mm. So that may be the challenge. challenge yeah, yeah, yeah. That you're in a season of rest and so you just come here, 
sit yourself down, don't jump on any things and just chill, mm. just receive. And then you kind of go back into, so yeah, just being spiritually mature enough to be able to discern whether or not, but I believe that wherever God wants you, there should be an element of challenge. Mm. Um, otherwise, we fall into the habit of, as Paul says to Timothy, I believe, that we heap teachers to ourselves that teach just what we want to hear. Yeah, yeah. And there's no sense of like challenge because we already agree with everything. Mm. There's no sense of like being faced with our sins, whether it's through the congregation, whether it's through preaching, whether it's through whatever. But yeah, so I feel like ch being challenged somehow in the congregation that you're in is healthy mm. to push you to grow spiritually, even more spiritually. Um, mm. So yeah, those two things. I forgot the first one, but mm. if you're listening, hopefully you would, you would remember. Yeah, no, no, dope, dope. Um, yeah, good sign at Surrey, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So moving on, I had wanted to talk about something, but something else came to mind as you were as you were speaking. So, um, uh, Joseph Solomon released a poem. Uh, I think he's, he's releasing a, like a series of poems, "Flights and Feelings," but this one was about masculinity. And um, because of your because of your answer to my mm. initial question, I wanted to go down that road. So in his piece, uh, and that will probably be my hookup. I don't know if it should be my hookup. Cause I don't know if I agree with it. But in his piece, he it was essentially talking about you know brothers or guys not being able to cry and not being able to hug each other and hold each other and you know rest your head in the bosom of your brother. Uh, and and Peter just twitched. <laughs> um, this and is an audio commentary of the blacksmith furnace. <laughs> All this being attributed to this sort of toxic masculinity, mm. um, and essentially saying we should we should embrace such expressions more. Mm. What what's your thought on stuff like that? Because you mentioned it as well, and, yeah. I, and I know you have a you have a you have an idea of what you consider. Um, acceptable yeah. femininity in a man whatever uh, <laughs> to put it that way but you know just this let's let's start off with defining what toxic masculinity is mm. in today's society amongst us yeah what what's considered or what do you consider to be toxic masculinity so for my for my exposure to it i think or how i have ingested what masculinity is in the parts that i feel toxic is firstly um the inability to to digest emotion. Okay. So the inability to digest your own emotions. Mm. So not necessarily knowing what's happening with, within you. Right. Um, so you're not in touch with yourself emotionally simply because you think emotions are like, we just don't talk about emotions. Like you just kind of do whatever. Okay. So like... Having the emotion or expressing the emotion? Acknowledging the emotion. Okay. So... I just broke up with my girl. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna sit down and think. I'm just gonna go gym, mm. or I'm just gonna go on a rebounding or whatever. Mm. Now I know that some girls do the same. They don't necessarily want to acknowledge the pain and blah blah blah. Mm. So it isn't necessarily a feminine trait, mm. but it, it, it's toxic not recognizing the emotions that are actually going on within you. Okay. Um, not having conversations. Okay. So um, because for the most part, to my exposure. The older generation, as in parents, male, don't have open conversations with their children. Mm. So children are having conversations amongst themselves. But we don't know how to maintain a sensible, logical conversation. Because, like, from young, all we've had is just peer-to-peer -peer conversation. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't had that almost mentorship in having conversations and navigating certain things, and we've had to stumble across it ourselves. Mm. Um, and so we would we would more so run banter mm. than actually have a deep intellectual conversation, mm. unless we've hit somewhere where we we're searching for that, and then we need to try to discover that for ourselves. Mm. Um, so we don't talk to one another, we don't talk about our feelings, we don't acknowledge our feelings, and we we have a lot of coping mechanisms for different things. Um, rather than face it, especially when it's internal or mm. emotional or mental. We have a lot of coping mechanisms. And we don't, we feel we should be impenetrable. Okay. Mm. Um, both physically and emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, we feel like nothing should hurt us. Mm. So, um, random story. 
this guy goes Afro Nation. <laughs> All right. And he leaves his girl to go get a drink. Mm. He, bearing in mind, he leaves his girl for like five minutes. Why is this girl already engaged with another guy by the pool? Just oral, just there. Right. And then the guy comes back with the girl's drink, gives it to his girl, and then like, oh yeah, life continues because he didn't know. Mm. So he comes back and his friend was like, sends him a picture of it, like literally of it happening. And he's like, I swear that's your girl. Mm. And he's like, yeah, it is, 100%. But it's like, but that's life though, effort. Okay. And I find that toxic. Okay. In that like, you... I'll be fuming. What do yeah, you mean? Yeah, but, 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 but I mean, no, you're presuming the depth of that relationship now. True, true. Because it true, could just be true, that. True, and I'm presuming that he hasn't done the same to her. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, whatever, but it's just like, it's, it's, I almost see it as an example of us not dealing with what we're going for, dealing with our emotions. Now, again, I've projected a lot onto that situation that mm. I don't necessarily know. I've just seen it on YouTube. <laughs> Facebook. I've just projected something um, But to be fair, for his friend to send him a picture would suggest that they know that they are an So item. I think they found it online and sent it to, to him, him saying, I swear that's your girl. girl. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's... A, and that's, that's mad. It's a peak situation still. That's mad. And it's like, how how do you take that L? I mean, if you're looking to cheat, that's just ammunition, isn't it? That's just... How, how do you take that L? Yeah, but yeah, crazy. it is. Like, just the way in which he just took it. Mm. I was a bit like, bro... There's no sense of, oh, that hurt. There's mm. no effort. Um, and I just find that even when, like, you hurt your, when you physically hurt yourself, mm. you're just like, I'm going to firm it. Stuff mm. like that. Um, I'm not going to be like, no, it actually hurts. So I'm just, I'm just going to firm it. Mm. Um, and that's just based on my experiences growing up okay. um, in, a, like, in, an, in an environment where I was very much like, Men show strength. Men don't show weakness. Um, talking about your emotions is weakness. Mm. Um, yeah, like if if you if you hurt yourself and you're crying, that's weakness. Mm. So there's a tribe where they get circumcised at 13. Yeah, and that's part of their transition into a man. You're a big man. <laughs> you are a big man that's that's peak to be honest and like your circumcision is a public event because this is like your rite of passage yeah yeah so yeah. everyone's here to support you mm. and if you cry if you cry your rite of passage has just been void for real yeah because they, they won't see you as a man because they're like mm. why are you crying and so you, and you're standing up for it. Mm. You're not even like laying down. No, nah, you're standing. So if your knees get weak and you buckle, peak. Mm. And it, it's seen as now you're circumcised. You didn't cry. You've proven yourself as a man. And I'm just like, bro, that hurts. What do you, how you mean? <laughs> okay. Mm. So there was, and this, this is just like a random tribe kind of shit. And this, this is the way they, you're now recognized as a man. You've been publicly circumcised and you didn't cry. Like mm. you're bearing the mark. You're wearing like you're wrapped up to allow yourself to heal for like a week or two. And yeah, like people pat you on the back and it's like, yeah, you're a man. Mm. And again, I find that a bit toxic mm. where it's just like, I'm cutting you, but you're not allowed to show pain. Mm. Now it might, it may reflect something of where they live, um, how they live, stuff like that. But yeah, for me, it's just <coughs> the inability to, to be fully human due to this quote unquote show of strength. Okay. That's what I find um, toxic. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, so I, I don't necessarily think I've built a, a, a description for toxic masculinity. Neither have I. So I had mm. to kind of like grasp at it. Mm. But I think mm. that's what I'll attribute to it. Mm. It's a good thing you said that. Well, because, because I think I've been... I've been introduced to this concept like over time mm. from other people as opposed to necessarily uh, <coughs> saying that I see it myself. Mm. Now, all the things that you mentioned, I think um, are fair points. Or I think, uh, are, are, as you said, you know, in your experience, it's, it's been the depiction of mm. toxic masculinity. But I think my... 
my approach to pain mm-hmm. and my approach to physical emotional pain has been uh, or what I've been taught has been you know you I don't think to give the example that you get okay so I mean the circumcision example is mm. is, is, is wild however <laughs> <laughs> however you know I think it goes without saying that it's painful mm-hmm. if that makes sense like everyone knows it's painful mm-hmm. you sh- you know you're not crying in that tribe and, and you did admit you don't know what that tribe yeah. is you know um, known for what they mm. do whatever but you know I think the fact that they acknowledge they need to heal it you know mm-hmm. demonstrates that they acknowledge what's going on mm. and just the aspect of not crying for whatever reason wherever that came from I don't necessarily see that as toxic so the the show of pain I think if you if you if you refuse to show pain I don't know if that's toxic if you deny mm. I think from in, in just trying to build this sort of understanding of what toxic masculinity is I think it's where society has or or our understandings of masculinity mm. encourages the denial mm-hmm. of some of these emotions and so you know to use the <laughs> the unfortunate guy affirmations uh picture yeah. if you then if in he is saying you know effort yeah it's cool he is denying that that hurts mm. then there's an issue mm-hmm. and i don't think that's actually maybe that is encouraged today because you know if if a guy breaks up with a girl um, amongst most circular circles, it's just yeah, let's go and get drunk, or yeah. let's go and find the next one, or it's it, it. They automatically reduce whatever that relationship was mm-hmm. to being replaceable by the next person yeah. that you meet, uh, you know, at a bar or whatever. However, I guess maybe the relationships that I've been in, it's been an acknowledgement of we know that hurts, mm. but I think for me. And, and, you know, toxic masculinity, I think, is a bit of a personal thing for me because some people have described me. (laughs) (laughs) Robert would have loved to be here, I'm sure. Um, But I think it's not necessarily... You don't necessarily have to show because maybe that's part of you dealing with. Yeah. But I think it's the denial. Yeah. I think, if I can jump in, Mm. I think... um, the difference, the, the clarification that I should have put in, but it's a good thing that you pointed it out, was like, if it's a personal decision not to almost give pain the satisfaction mm. in your life, mm. if you personify pain, mm. then that's a personal decision. Mm. But if, if it's a case in which you don't feel you have the language or the ability to, to do that based mm. on the social demand on you, mm. then I think it's toxic. Right, okay. So yeah. it, Toxic masculinity isn't necessarily something that we have intentionally chosen to do, but more mm. so us thinking we have the inability to do due to the social constructs around right. us. Okay, all right. And so now moving into Joseph's poem, especially this one line about resting your head in the bosom of your brother, mm. which it sounds great. <laughs> Why though? But pictorially, it doesn't... It's like, and do you know what? When you mentioned that, yeah... I asked myself, would I do that? And my immediate answer was no. <laughs> and the reason, and I, I was like, the reason my answer would be no mm. is because I'm a big man now. I've grown up with this whole thing that like you, I can't do that. And it's, and it is a social construct for me. Right, anyways. Yeah, it's like yeah. socially, bro, yeah. I'm a big, what? Yeah. Nah, 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 G. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I recognize that I would want my son to have the freedom to be able to do that. With his brothers. With his brothers. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> for me, the thing was very similar. Was, uh, nah, uh, I'm not doing that. But it was almost like, hmm, is, is my saying I'm not doing that a demonstration of this issue? Or is, is there something else? And I think, for me, it's, it's different because as opposed to, as opposed to, just a show of strength or as opposed to you know wanting to display strength i think it's or or, or not wanting to display vulnerability i think it's being aware of of um who is who is worthy of seeing such vulnerability or who is trustworthy 
of seeing such vulnerability. And I think, you know, if you're amongst if you're amongst the right people, then you are able to demonstrate that vulnerability, you're able to be honest about um the things that you're going through or the things that you're experiencing. Mm. Whereas I think unfortunately or not not unfortunately, but we all have we all find ourselves amongst a certain group of people. Of that group of people, we will have people that we are more close to. Mm-hmm. Of that group, we will have people that we trust. Mm-hmm. And so, I I just think it's not as simple as saying rest your head in the bosom of your brother because everyone around you is in your brother. Mm. But I think it's recognizing um, who you can trust and who you can be vulnerable with. Yeah. The problem is, I think that depiction is what's what's wanted from the opposition. Yeah. So when I say opposition, opposition to toxic masculinity, yeah. they want to see that. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you need to see yeah. that. Yeah. It's almost know. like the pendulum, other extreme. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm more asking myself, is this resting my head in the bosom of my brother a metaphorical thing mm. in which, you know, full disclosure, at one point when I thought me and Anita were over, I called you. Yeah. And I don't know if you heard, I was crying on the yeah, phone. Yeah, uh, bro, I heard. And it's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> bro, <laughs> you can't not hear Peter cry. You know, it's... It, it, uh, this was years ago. We're, 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 we're way past that yeah. now. Um, I think this was before I even got married. Uh, probably was, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. actually. But anyway, so, you know, this... this, this Is that what's being referred to as mm. resting your head in the bottom? Or is do I have to... Then physically placed, you know, head th- on your does chest. that have to be something? Nah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I got a spot right here for you, PR. <laughs> literally, literally goosebumps. Literally, so, so, oh. you should wait until I unbutton my top. <laughs> you are not making this any better. This is just, just I can't even look yeah, at the, you now. The black two friends just took a weird turn. <laughs> my god, um. <laughs> Yeah, so well, I've lost my train of thought. Squirming. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. So uh, anyway, yeah. Metaphorical, is it physical? Yeah, yeah. So you know, is this something that they want to see selfies of? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and is that what's considered acceptable masculinity, yeah. or is it just having the emotional intelligence to firstly not deny when you're going through something, mm-hmm. but then also being mature enough to know who you can go to yeah. with an issue yeah. and being able to you know, be vulnerable with the right people. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think I think there's definitely the key word, emotional intelligence. And I think most of what we've, I've, I've mentioned about toxic masculinity has been around emotion. Mm. It's been like mental, emotional stuff. Um, and so having that emotional intelligence, I don't, I don't, for the most part, I don't necessarily think, and I could be wrong, I'm generalizing, that as men, um, we have much emotional intelligence. We, we know when we're angry, we know when we're, we're happy, we know when we're drunk, we know when, when we want to have sex. Like, we, there's certain clear-cut things that we know, but we don't necessarily know nuances. Mm. We don't know when we're feeling dejected, mm. when we're feeling, like, when, like, there's, it's not quite sadness, but it's something different, but we don't quite know how to, f- like, what, what that is. We don't quite have the language for that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I do think emotional intelligence is definitely key. And, um, ability to be able to to communicate that mm. um in a way that is ex- not even acceptable because in some cultures saying i'm sad for a man isn't necessarily acceptable mm. um and i do i agree with you 100 percent that vulnerability needs to start um i believe vulnerability needs to start emotionally before it can then be truly lived out physically mm. um and i think that's even part of the wisdom of Courting couples, not having sex until marriage, it, it encourages that that emotional, that spiritual, that mm. mental vulnerability before you actually it's get into the physical before, act, yeah. mm. where the foundation isn't just sex, it isn't mm. just the mm. intimacy, isn't just a physical intimacy, mm. but it's the emotional intimacy, and that's one thing that I think we've we've lost as a culture, mm. the notion of intimacy. As soon as you met, even if you type in intimacy into Google, don't do that if you're <laughs> under eighteen, please. Like. The images that are depicted mm. aren't like you have to specify friendship intimacy, brotherly <laughs> intimacy to actually have wholesome pictures come up. Mm. And so just the word intimacy just denotes sexual activity mm. when it's, it, it just speaks about the quality of the relationship. Mm. 
And so be, being able to be intimate with, with the people around you, being able to be vulnerable, to share secrets, to share stuff, should then be almost like the catalyst to then have a physically intimate situation mm. without it being awkward. Mm. So whether you've put your hand on your brother's shoulder or you've put your head on your brother's chest, like whatever it is, like I feel safe around you enough to do this. Mm. There's a picture that I actually wanted to show. Um, it's from, it's a, uh, of Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. All right. Mm. Now, have you seen the caption underneath it? Oh, look. <laughs> like the cap, the picture is Michael B. Jordan's got his hand on the back of Ryan Coogler's head mm. and Ryan Coogler's facing him looking at the camera. They're both looking at the camera. It's a black and white picture. I think it's for Vogue mm. or something like Ebony, that. Ebony, I think. Ebony, Ebony magazine, yeah. And like the caption is, there was, there was legit talk around it about them looking gay. And it's just like, we can't show brotherly affection mm. without that looking sexual. Mm. It's interesting because that picture I look at and for me I see it through a different set of lens mm. and it's not even necessarily what it looks like but it's more the relationship between Kugler mm -hmm. and B. Jordan because I know Kugler's first film was with B. Jordan mm. they've kind of stuck together mm. and kind of built up to yeah. Black Panther which yeah. was like an incredible mm -hmm. achievement for both of them so I look at that and I'm, I didn't even think of you know you had to say to me mm -hmm. look at the yeah. thing to be like I thought it was like because it looked like uh, what's his name Kugler was pouting so <laughs> I'm just like okay but I actually immediately went to the relationship that I know of mm -hmm. um, between those two yeah. guys as opposed to uh, just the physical pre yeah. presentation of it because his hands on his head it looks gay that's a bit, a bit silly and it's like I can I get it slightly because um, Ryan he's, his head's tilted forward almost like submissively uh, you're Again, breaking this no, down no, it's almost submissively <laughs> and Michael B. Jordan's face looks a bit more dominant right okay and so it's almost like the dominant and submissive partners within a relationship okay All right. um but in saying that I can kind of see it, I still don't agree with it. Because mm. I'm like, this is still to see a picture and immediately associate them looking gay. Mm. I'm like, this is toxic. Mm. It's almost like seeing... So I, I was in, when I was in year seven, no, I was in year eight, and I saw two year sevens walking home, holding hands. Mm. And my immediate thought was, this is gay. <laughs> mm. And again, social constructs, what I had been fed, what I had bought into... Mm. And I'm just like, why do we see if males show like f brotherly affection or whatever to each other? We're just like, nah. Got well, is is it is it is it social construct or is it because we're, we're running out of time? But I, I do want to go into this because is it what we what we as a society associate with certain pictures? If you see a man and a woman holding hands, more likely than not, they're in a romantic relationship. Like, like, yeah. just, just on yeah. a, on a general, yeah. if that makes sense. <coughs> yeah. Unless there is a significant age difference between them, hey, in which case right we will uh, actually, yeah, fine enough. But normally, at least, okay, unless there's a significant age difference, and one of them is a minor, you know, because then you assume a familial yeah. relationship. But where similarly aged um, uh, um, people are holding hands, more often than not, it is. Some sort of a, a, a perception, yeah, of a yeah. Relationship. yeah. Does that I, make I, sense? I yeah. yeah. So is it is it really so much a social contract, or is it because if I was holding someone's hand like that, more than often, you know, more than likely, I'm in a romantic relationship with them. Mm. So, you know, I'm just associating that same. You know, this is what it means to me. So when I see it somewhere else, I just presume that's what it means. Mm. Is that do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. But even even in what that means to you, it's been something that has been fed to you because you, that notion didn't come out of a vacuum. It's something mm. that you're exposed to, mm. and then you've then internalized it. Right. And so you might have watched films where mm. the couples were holding hands mm. and stuff like that. So it, it's almost been dripped in, okay, bit by bit. Or you might have seen your parents holding hands mm. walking down the street or something like that. Mm. Or you might have seen your your dad walking around, um, walking with your mum but his hand around her waist mm. or something like that. And so you've associated to a loving relationship. Mm. Um, but isn't that how we build definitions for everything? Everything. Yeah. And so society has a part to play mm. in how we build the images that we have from, mm. from young. Mm. Um, 
and we go on to then perpetuate them mm. un- unknowingly or knowingly perpetuate them or break them. Mm. So there's some okay, yeah. some mm. in, um, some input from our side, mm. whether unknowingly or not, into how how that per- how that is perpetuated. Mm. But yeah, um, I just associate that with being gay. And <laughs> even when I was there, I was like, "But could they be friends?" I was like, "Nah, they're gay." <laughs> and I just wrote them off. I was mm. just like, mm. "But I now I was like, that's not healthy. That's not helpful." Mm. Um, I would like my son to be able to have the freedom to experience life without, um, in a healthy way, without the pressures of having to live up to social standards. Mm. And again, I mean, and so, so, so someone, someone that's done that is Will Smith and Jaden Smith. He, you know, he (laughs) was brought him up with the freedom Mm -hmm. to not live up to social standards. And Mm -hmm. we see what Jaden does. But in terms in terms of Jaden, it's weird, man. Again, that's, that's due to that. That's due to social norms. Is it? I mean, it's kind of weird for yeah, a like, man I'm, to I'm, be the face of a woman's underwear company. <laughs> okay, I did That didn't come to my mind. And him wearing it, and and <coughs> have you read some of the things he talks about? Do you know that Skepta wears female clothes? Skepta is not the paradigm of manhood no, 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 no. to me. No, what, what I'm saying is that like Skepta was that guy that was like, I'm I'm selling drugs, I'm doing this, I'll stab you up, blah blah blah. Mm. Wearing female clothes now, money changes you. <laughs> but but and there was an interview where they were, they were it was like, yeah, I'm wearing female clothes, like I feel comfortable in this, like it is it's, it's what it is. Yeah, but but that's, still, that's what he's defining though. Okay, uh, but still, um, it's weird. It's weird. Why are you wearing female clothes? And so it's weird. <laughs> And so, yeah, I think it, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of nuance around it. Because, dif- again, this is, there's, n- mm. there's not a clear cut. There is mm. a lot of nuance. And I'm, f- I'm saying this cause in, in terms of time. Because we could go on, go on for time. And if he, <laughs> I think if Robert was here, conversation would have been <laughs> wild. Would have been <laughs> wild. If he listens to this, we're definitely going to readdress it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of nuances. And so... Even toxic masculinity will look different to different people, mm. um, mm. just based on their experiences and what they've been exposed to. Mm. Um, I think for the most part, for me, it's been not necessarily um, being in touch with your emotions mm. and not being able to communicate that. There's been a lot of talk around that, um, even on like sitcoms and stuff. So uh, my wife and kids, mm. when Junior was with Vanessa and Vanessa was like, you don't tell me your emotions. Mm. And he started doing it. And then Vanessa then started telling her girls that this guy, he's not a man. Like, mm, mm. And so um, there, there's a lot. And that was just for bands. Yeah. But it still conveys something of society. Yeah. Where it's just like, yeah, we want you to do this. But as soon as you do it, you've got an issue with it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think there's, a, there's definitely a lot of nuances. And I think, and that's why I'm like, we should have the freedom to explore without the social constructs almost weighing us down but I say that with a but because some of the social constructs are actually beneficial mm. they actually um, like keep things in check like mm. the law the law as we have it now is a social construct and as much as there are like biblical principles and blah 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 to install different things to in- ensure that people are living right mm. but the law as we have it right now in the UK is a social construct because mm. when you go to America they might have some similar things but mm. it's still different yeah Mm. Ghana is going to be different. Nigeria is going to be different. So mm. it is a social construct, but it's still beneficial to ensure that the society goes forward. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, there are there is a necessity for co- social constructs to ensure that we perpetuate humanity in a way that is is beneficial. Mm. Um, but I think there should be a, a freedom to be able to. So it's almost like what Paul says when he's like. Um, um, everything is beneficial, but I won't be. Ev- everything has a but, but not everything. Be mastered by everything. Yeah, yeah. And so it's almost like that, where it's like it's, see, it's recognizing the benefits in it, but not being mastered by it. Mm, mm. Um, so yeah, that, I think that's where I'd leave in terms of social constructs and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm, okay. I mean, <coughs> yeah. Uh, let's let's leave it there for now because I, I think I think we're fairly saying not not yeah we're fairly saying the same thing in in what toxic masculinity is and, and in, in that recognizing and that emotional intelligence to uh to to accept the feelings. Mm. Um but maybe we can we can come back to this and talk about um 
what to do, you know, mm. how, how to process or what's acceptable processing of emotion and mm. stuff like that. Maybe we can we can address that at another time. But yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah. for for the sake of time, let's. I'm happy to leave this one here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Hookups. Um, I think I've hooked. I've done this hookup a few times actually, but I mentioned. Remind today, the people. So remind the people. I'll do it again. It's um the book that I mentioned in terms of masculine, masculine and feminine. So. Um, C.S. Lewis, the Cosmic Trilogy. Mm. Um, it's it's a dope. Yeah. It's it's only a three part um, book. It might be on Audible if you're on Audible. Mm. Um, it's not as long as the Narnia Chronicles, mm. um, so you won't be committing like half your life to that. Even if it is, man, it's C.S. Lewis. <laughs> not facts. So yeah, that um, yeah. Mm. Um, my hookup will be another music one. I think it's today. Essos. I haven't even listened to this, but I'm already hooking it up because it's SL. Um, SL dropped a song called, I think it's called White Jesus. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> so check out, check it out. I think it's called White Jesus, but it's it's off of, it's SL's latest single as of today, mm. off of his um, Augustus, Augustine's Legacy album, which is dropping in September somewhere. Um so yeah, check it, check it out, check it out, because so so is the guy. I've been listening to. Do him you know a lot. what? Yeah, mm. this is gonna sound a bit controversial, but ever since his "So It Begins" album, mm. I haven't been feeling the the rest of the stuff. You've been much. feeling it, not as much. So you've been listening, but you've not been I've feeling been, it. I've been listening to it, cause I'm like, but I'm like, this is so. So I want to listen to his stuff. Mm. But five solars, dope. So it begins, dope. Mm. So it continues, mm. so it ends. One or two bangers on that, and then oh. um, all things take time. Uh, these, these things, things take, take time. time. Yeah. These things take time. Yeah, uh, I wasn't really feeling it. Okay. Like, I've been like his his off the cuff singles that he's been pushing out. Yeah, um, um, mansion in Abuja or something like that mm. off of the back of one of the craze tracks. I was feeling that, mm. but yeah, it's just like I, I don't know. I just, right, that's surprising because I've been, I've been feeling everything because I first listened to "So It Begins," um, and then got introduced to Five Solas. Mm. Um, yeah, same. And then you know, so it continues, so it ends. These things take time. Uh, yeah, literally everything. I've been banging. You know, I've actually even had a, a resurgence of SO in my, you know, in my um, yeah. rotation. Uh, but I've been listening to him a, a lot, a lot. Yeah, you even had I, I see you, yeah, on your wedding day. Yeah, I see. I danced to. Yeah, I see you was uh, part of our first dance. Yeah, literally, like Esso's been the guy, man. Esso's been the guy for me, anyway. But yeah, all right. So um, I think that's that's that. Uh, thank you guys for bearing oh, with us. Is it on Spotify? Or is it on YouTube? No, it should be on Spotify. I, I don't know if he's dropped the visuals for it. But it's it's his single, so it should be on Spotify. Cool. He normally does drop it on, like they'll normally do like a lyric video yeah, and an audio, audio video. Yeah, 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 on YouTube. But that doesn't count towards the streams, so do it on Spotify. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you can find uh, the Blacksmith Furnace on anywhere that you find your podcast. Is it Goals? No, no, no. Goals was the last one. Goals was his last uh, single before uh, this White Jesus one. It, it might. I thought it was twelve p.m. last night. It was twelve p.m. this night. Yeah, be this night. Tonight, I'll, I'll yeah. check it. Goals is the last one. Yeah. Or you might be able to yeah. pre-save one. it or something. It's not. It's not even coming up. Right. Yeah. So sorry. It might. He might be dropping it twelve p.m. tonight. Um. But I, I will check and I'll send it to you if anything. And I'll, obviously I'll link it uh, down below. But now, I've been loving all of his stuff. To be honest. I've been loving lives. Anyway, yes, you can find us on all your podcasting directories, uh, um, wherever you find your podcast. Uh, just search for The Blacksmith Furnace. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes, which is dying soon, but we will be on Apple yeah. Music. We are on Google Podcast. Um, uh, we are on Spotify. I don't know if I've said that already. www.soundcloud.com slash the blacksmith furnace there's no apostrophe there you'll find us if you go to the com, you will also find us mm -hmm. there um i normally link it um uh you can email robert 
specifically. At CVSFurnace uh, at hotmail.com. Uh, shout out to Rude for the intro and outro music. Uh, shout out to Calvin Turner for the uh, Ordinary Amazing logo. logo. Um, that's about it yeah. for me. If you can, jump on hmuseh.tumblr.com. Yeah. Um, some of my work is up there photography, poetry. So, yeah. Um, join the movement on my Tumblr if you want to. It's all about community. Let's get it popping. Is Rights and Scribes doing anything? Um, not just yet. Not just yeah. yet. Soon come. Cool. Cool, cool. All right. Well, I believe that is a furnace. Signing out. Hadouken. Okay.